You, you are, now are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back <laughs> to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another brand new session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast, bringing you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio to the masses, which is a mix of old and new school music representing the black diaspora, such as hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and more, as well as news, commentary, and at times here and there interviews. On the mix and commentary end, you got myself, DJ Fusion, on the side, you got my bro who does the same. Let me have him go ahead and give himself an introduction. Yes, indeedy. The folks that can't let go. Blacker than ancient Mexico. Back back again with Fusion going to rock soul. I saw Raw, Black Hawk, Shabaka Stone, Mikey Malkuth. We about the truth. We about to do the do. Fusion, what's the news? Yeah, doing pretty all right. Doing pretty all right. Um, I know folks have been eager for the latest show due to some various news things and stuff that have happened. So um, we're going to definitely get into that. And um, a lot of dope new music has dropped as well as, you know, just the need for some flashback joints. So we're going to definitely get into that mix as well. So as always, shout out to our old school listeners, some some of whom have still been hanging on since our old school days at Rookies U Radio, to those listeners in the present, you might have got it recommended to us via one means or the other. We really appreciate everybody coming in and listening to what we do. For those folks who are new to the show, let me just do a quick breakdown about how we do things. At the beginning of the show, we go ahead, we do our Fusebox radio promo spiel, just any upcoming events and stuff. We talk about what's going on on um, that end and how you can check us out at any time. And then we get into, you know, a few news items that we wanted to go ahead and get into on the talking and then both myself and the black car get into the music mix of everything so um let's go right ahead and do what we do you can always check out the Fusebox radio broadcast vibe via our official website which is fuseboxradioonline.com that's f-u-s-e-b-o-x-r-a-d-i-o-o-n-l-i-n-e.com if you're on the social networks twitter is twitter.com slash fusebox radio. Instagram is instagram.com slash fusebox radio. YouTube is youtube.com slash fusebox radio. And Facebook, our Facebook like page, which shout out to the new folks who have been adding themselves onto that. I really appreciate that. Is facebook.com slash fusebox radio show. One straight word. If you want to join my um, personal page, that's facebook.com slash fusebox radio. Personally, we prefer both and all of that. And our official blog is blackradioisback.com. And if somehow you're like, I can't remember any of this website stuff, just search for Fusebox Radio Broadcast via your favorite search engine of choice, and you'll find all of our wonderful pages and stuff will pop up that way. Yep, yep. Um, you can also check out the radio show On Demand, which is about two-plus years of archives via your favorite music streaming service or podcast Um download service of choice including the majors such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Acast, Overcast and more. And on that end as well, shouts out to the uh, more folks who have been putting in their feedback via these various sites. Be able to have more feedback in terms of the radio show gets us more listeners. 
because they're saying that people are doing the recommendation and so we deeply appreciate that shout out to the folks at Podomatic they've been hosting us essentially since the beginning yep yep where we've been doing podcasts which god now we're talking about and it's been it might be almost 10 years now yeah because when she said it's the, since the beginning meaning the beginning of Podomatic starting no we've doubt. been on since the beginning of when they started Big up the prismatic Long Island, all right? No doubt, no doubt. And also on the um, Podomatic, and thanks to the more folks who have been checking out the radio show via whatever means, our highest rating in the hip-hop um, rap pod category through them as of late has been number four. And, no you know, that's like, wow. And then, you know, we've had our newer shows, we've had our um, flashback shows, and people have been holding on and apparently seeing what else is up with us, so... Thank y'all very much for that. We hope to continue that and um keep things being an awesome trend. We're getting to the fall season with the Fusebox radio broadcast on the DJ end and um, pressing. And we're going to be running around in, at a lot of things. Yep, yep. Um, the past few months, um, I'm sure people who've listened to the show and have checked out some of the Twitter things have have been up and down on um, personal and other stuff, but the business stuff has been good, and we really appreciate that. Um, this yeah. will be more sports coverage coming in from the Fusebox Radio broadcast crew on the press end. Um, there's going to be more music things. I know folks have been really digging the um, photo essays and other stuff on that end. And the fam's going to be at New York Comic Con this year again. Yeah, yeah. So... Being trying to get stuff a little more nice on the video tip and what have you. Plus, we're gonna be working with a few um fellow black podcasts on some um interesting treats and things. So stay tuned for that in October and during September for folks in the D.C. metro area. There's gonna be a few nice goodies going on. I'll be announcing next week and stuff. So you'll be able to see folks in the music mix and the um press mix and that's definitely going to be exciting so yep, yep. that's about it on that level for now and um yeah let's get into the commentary man i know we got some interesting things going on and um <coughs> pardon me both myself and the um, black hawk definitely were, were talking um offline about some stuff we wanted to get into um first and foremost before i get into the News items. I had to recognize um, two folks who passed during the past time since uh, we've done a live show. Um, one of which is one of our really close friends from um, Oh Hell No, and a lot of folks know us uh, through um, the Oh Hell No OHN blog site yep, yep. and stuff by the um, writing and um, show sharing and stuff like that. Um, one of the co-founders ended up passing. Excuse me. About a week ago um a lot of folks from um, OHN knew her as Amps. her name was Amber Pratcher um really really um dope lady who just shocked everybody um when she passed away a lot of folks knew her for her great sense of humor and wit as well as um just being very on point and telling it like it is in regards to various news items and um uh, being for her people whether it's come on the personal end on the family and stuff, or the grander in terms of, you know, black Americans and the black diaspora. Um, she was really into doing lots of things for the community, whether it was via her sorority to 
you know, various things in the Indianapolis, Indiana area, and plenty more. And she was one of those first folks who really pushed me to um get into music writing and stuff, and to make it a concrete thing. On top of you know, just really um being encouraging with what folks are trying to do here on the Fusebox Radio and and beyond. So we had known each other for about seven, eight years, and again, um. Her passing definitely um, rocked folks over here, but we had to look at the um, great side of what folks have done with encouragement. I think sometimes with the way we are in this, you know, 24-7 world where we're hit of all types of information and opinion and commentary and stuff by the net and beyond, sometimes we look at the negative side of things more so than the positive. And um, Amps was definitely one of those folks on the positive end, so definitely prayers, condolences, and strength to her family, friends, and fans. Um, you made an impact, sis, and you'll um, continue making it for plenty of time to come. No and, doubt. And, um, yeah, we um, definitely got to say that. I know people on the um, Fusebox um, Radio um, Facebook and, you know, which, you know, thank y'all very much for, um, you know, checking out the write-up and stuff. And um, there's also a link via there for... Any um, help and assistance folks can um, give her family and son and um, all of that. So they're all like really dope folks as well. So we just had to go ahead and put that out there. On the other end, while this is not necessarily a personal passing, I think, at least for me, it's one of those things that kind of signifies um, just a change in terms of how people are really transitioning more and more who are our contemporary age ranges. Um, in hip-hop, and how that is said, and that is the passing of Brooklyn MC Sean Price. He passed away um, this past weekend. A lot of folks will know him through his work with um, Health to Skelter, or solo work via Duck Down Records. He was just 43 when he passed away at the broadcast time. It was um, not reported what the exact cause was, besides that, um, he passed away in his sleep. And I think a lot of folks will look at his work in terms of signifying a certain brand of um, street MC and street um, hip-hop guy um, who was about to really burst out, I think, from the quote-unquote underground. But a lot of, you know, mainstream other cats respected him. A lot of cats worked with him throughout the years. And um, throughout times um, during the years, um, people ran him at events and other types of stuff. And at least from my encounters, you know, the dude was a class act. And I think it's kind of rare to run into both the talent and the class act in with things. And as I said before, I'm looking at a lot of stuff lately. I personally am in um my mid-30s. And it's like blowing my mind to see people who are falling out of health things more and more in the past few years. From that mid-30s age range to let's say about 50-something. No doubt. Which, like, at least for me, I remember it's like my older cousins and stuff. And um, I don't want to get all cheesy or anything, but, you know, as the old folks say, our time, we truly don't know when it's going to end or what's going to happen. But we got to take care of ourselves in the best way possible before that time um, goes down. And that's on a mental and physical level. No doubt. And what have you, because... Things, yeah, things can naturally happen, but we look at, like, health things, as like with some of these hip-hop folks who are passing by, 
and it's like heart attacks or strokes or all other types of stuff like it it really gets you into a certain mindset and even for our folks who we might think wow you're famous you're not going to really have anything you got to worry about you still got to take care of yourself you know eat right get those checkups get that exercise and you know all of that because when stuff might start slowing down you might get yourself more prone to you know bad things and on the mental end i mean you, you I'm, unfortunately i think we're at the age range where if you might not necessarily had to go through a lot of stuff before certain things are happening where at least your older relatives are probably passing away or getting sick and other types of somebody you probably loves getting going through some business and like that's the type of thing i think i i understand the stress of that more than just some you know joker trying to get on your nerves because pressure and stress is going to happen i think we got to prioritize our, our pressure and stress and just recognize who's what is important and who's not. So, but um, yeah, well, I just want to throw that joint out there. Well, yeah, um, definitely. I want to say um, give a big up to boot camp click. Um, two of their members were in um, Canada when we were there. I think not last year. Um, the year before last. Um, yeah, that was last twenty. Yeah, that was the 2013 year. Shout out to Tech and Steel. Yeah, and uh, definitely big up to them. And um, but yeah, Ruck was another name for Sean Price was Ruck when he was with Elder Skelter, and I I had that first album on cassette and vinyl. Um, oh, no. Ruck Ruck was actually my favorite MC of the group. And so, you know, I, I like everybody that runs with them, but he was more my favorite of, of, of out of the team. And um, definitely, um, you know, 43 is young. Anybody that says 43 is old, they don't know nothing yet. 43 is young. And uh, I'm not going to get too deep. This fusion kind of, you know, I think um, – <laughs> I don't know what the brother passed from, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, our, our state of mind and where we choose to focus that is very important. You know, we all will dip and turn or whatever, whatever, but, you know, I've had some funny situations that I may or may not get into. But I think the most I got, I was able to get out of there because it wasn't meant for me. And, um, you know, uh, life is like driving. You know, if you just swerve off a little, you can end up in a ditch off off a bridge or something. You know, so you know that wheel can turn. You know, just a little degree, just a little bit. You know, and I think a lot of people. I believe now what I believe when I was 12 years old that you kind of make how you die. In other words, you could be have a destiny, but if you veer off a little bit, that's you're you're off the destiny now. So in other words, you kind of make that. You know, if you're on your destiny, you have a certain lifespan. If you're off your destiny, you have a certain lifespan. It's not the same. And so, but, you know, big up to everybody in, who, who was a fan of his and who, big up to Brooklyn. He was from Brooklyn. And, um, you know what I'm saying, big up to the click again. You know what I'm saying? I think anytime somebody nice in a street point that has a street vibe to them, you know, they're not around and, you know, He's not there showing the glow of New York. I mean, you know, that's always kind of a, a disappointment. But um, 
big up to big up to his fans, like I said, and um, we continue on. No doubt, no doubt, and definitely, you know, condolences, prayers, um, stressing all that to um his family, fr- friends, and um fans. Um, dude was a family man. Like um, he passed away with um a wife and um three kids. So you know, on top of the music um legacy, um whether you were a blue cap Clint fan for back in the eh, excuse me, throw this <coughs> bugging um blue cap quick fan from back in the day to um his recent solo ventures, including I know a lot of folks um big up the Monkey Bars album and all of that um he he made an impact in the NYC hip hop scene. No doubt. And um. You know, especially when you're looking at things with, from the past a week or so, we just talked about um, and you know another um underground hip hop cat from around that way who was making um big moves on Pumpkinhead Pass and like yeah, that's another loss for the Brooklyn area. No doubt. And whatnot. So yep, we definitely had to get that mentioned and stuff in the mix. And um, yeah, let's um go ahead and um. Get right into things. We had folks on um, both the Duck Down end and other ends up support us for um, quite some time, and we definitely had to, um, you know, shout out folks while they transition to the next plane and um, what have you. Um, news items um, during this past week, we have um, passed the one-year anniversary of uh, Michael Brown's um, death, killing, murder in Ferguson, Missouri. And um, I've been getting some interesting conversations with people in terms of how folks look at the legacy of his passing. Um, I'm going to say a few things that um, might rub some folks the wrong way in terms of the political side of things. And um, as I always say, sometimes y'all got to deal with that. And if it sparks some conversation or stuff, that's cool. But um, people ain't going to really center themselves on um how they look at things on a political and bigger basis. Um Michael Brown's death on some levels has helped in terms of bringing the discourse about race and class more in effect in the United States. Unfortunately, you've had people who don't seem to have learned a damn thing, including the people in Ferguson. From what occurred with not just the death and the ridiculous um, grand jury hearings and all of that good stuff, but in terms of how to treat the people, there's still a huge thing in regards to not wanting to treat black Americans. I had to put a distinct marker on this because Michael Brown was a young black American man. In terms of treating black Americans on an equal basis in terms of respect, much less anything in regards to current legal recourse. Like, yes, you have people who are talking about, yeah, we're going to put, you know, cameras on the cops and hopefully that'll stop things or whatever, but we've had so many people we've talked about on the show during the past who've gotten killed by um, law enforcement in completely unfair and wrong ways or gotten beat down or messed with and so forth. And we've seen, it almost feels like less consequence to things. Even with, you know, the various eyes at the sky from citizens or um, 
various legal departments. Mm-hmm. And on some level, the cynical side of me says, well, what do you necessarily expect? The history of America hadn't necessarily been that great with that. Pretty much since its beginnings and foundation. We just had incremental improvements here and there. But on the other end, it's like the incremental improvements could be absolutely nothing if it wasn't for the grand American tradition of protest. No doubt. I think, especially for the generations that are younger than me and even some of my generation on up, the spark of, you know, you got to get loud and make some noise and sometimes tear up some shit has gotten reinforced with things because we've seen quite a few times it's like, yes, you can do all the investigations and Department of Justice looking and all that that you want to, and you can say all this other type of stuff, but literally none of that would, I think, would have happened the way it has if it wasn't for black folks having to get get loud um, on the streets and um, via the net and via um, lots of independent media sources. No doubt. With these things. Because as much as people could talk about the foolishness of things such as quote-unquote black Twitter and all of that, that's the type of thing that assisted in making noise to the point where these atrocities and events are, to this day, are getting coverage via national and international media. More so international media on a quote-unquote bigger scale than U.S. media, but U.S. media can't really ignore it like that anymore. Yeah. If for no other reason for, for competition and um, website clicks and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But now, you know, again, as a broadcast time, um, they've had the uh, Michael Brown Memorial Weekend in the Ferguson and Missouri area. Shout out to our folks, um, B-Girl um, for in St. Louis for letting us know about what's going down with that and what have you. And it looks like the Ferguson um, PD and other folks are going to act up again. Uh, and uh, do stuff like, you know, state of emergency and all this other type of nonsense. And it's like, in a way, people have made some steps forward, but people are still trying to bring the world back. And backwards to a way where we got to remember we're not that far from certain bigger levels of progress in terms of our history as people. Like, we're 50 years from the Voting Rights Act, which, mind you, has been kind of cut up and decimated through the Supreme Court and various state legislatures and on some national legal levels. We're not that far from these things and you had to put that into a certain perspective when black folk can can still get jacked up by the local areas in the state. Just because some some cat has a badge on them. The wall of... Silence, the blue wall of silence, is still a thing. That's right. And held from the way we look at it in even the area that I reside in in Maryland with what happened with the Freddie Gray killing and what have you, if it wasn't for a citizen taping thing, that would have been another dead black man. That's right. Who would have been written off. And that blue wall of silence consisted of white folks and black folks who carried a badge. That's right. And what have you. We look at some of these other cases, 
Um, I mean, I don't want to go through the, the name breakdown, but even when we look at things that are recent, like Sandra Bland, there was a camera there from the cops and the citizens, and you had a cop who was trying to tell a citizen not to tape. So you got people who, even with knowing that there could be different eyes on them, they still ain't going to act right. Mm. They still ain't even going to bother to act right just just to look good. Mm. Much less anything that might be in their, their minds or hearts to not treat everybody like, like they crazy or they a nut job or that they're subhuman. Mm. We have a very, very long way to go. And I'm one of those believers that if you don't make noise, ain't nothing going to change but little surface things. That's right. And um, with that, and I know I've been engaging this conversation with a few people privately and otherwise. I know um, within the past few weeks, there have been folks who have been representing the group on Black Lives Matter. They've been engaging in various forms of protest and stuff at political events, including recently the Netroots Nation event and some Bernie Sanders gatherings. Um, and this has caused some very extreme opinions. I'm going to put it like this. I'm not against protest at all. No doubt. I'm not. I personally would like people to be more peaceful with their protests and otherwise, but sometimes, again, people got to tear stuff up. Now, with the political joys, people haven't necessarily tore anything up, but what I feel is uh, white liberal feelings. <laughs> because Bernie Sanders has been in politics for a long time. Yes, he had the socialist um, joint for a minute, then he went independent. And now he's running as a Democratic candidate for President of the United States um, versus Hillary Clinton. Um, you know what? There's no real nice way I can say this. I don't like the concept of us black folks are supposed to feel quote-unquote grateful for having this political white savior try to save us. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I really, really don't. And I've read it to... Um, white folks and people of color or whatever who were like, you know, on Bernie Sanders' job, who were like, well, why why aren't y'all riding all the way on this and blah, 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 you know, these guys aren't doing the right thing by interrupting his rallies and this, that, and third. And I'm like, I had to sit back and, you know, do some reading and do some research or whatever. And I had to put this in the context of let's say these are actual genuine representatives of Black Lives Matter because we do know that there are folks who could be infiltrators. No doubt. And what have you and all of that. But let's say this is legit. Why can't these black folks say what's on their mind and try to push an agenda that should be for the betterment of black Americans? No doubt. Now... My only beef with this thus far, again, this is assuming that these are legitimate folks and they're not distraction tactics, is that this should be done to every political candidate. No doubt. Like, yeah, it's being done to Sanders. You got people that are like, oh my god, he's he's a white liberal homie. This and the third. I'm like, why aren't y'all doing this to Hillary Clinton? No doubt. You know, why aren't y'all really going hard and go and going at the going at the GOP so y'all can so they can at least have to pretend they're not just gonna have their token Negroes like Dr. Ben Carson and all of them. This needs to be a widespread thing if that's what people are about. And what have you. Because when one looks at Sanders, 
honestly, it, he's a better candidate to me than Hillary Clinton on certain things. I think they're going to improve stuff for all people, much less uh, black Americans. But you can't get too hard on one side and not hit up the other side, too. Like, Hillary doesn't deserve an auto vote for black people. She doesn't. And that's before even really getting to the history of the Clintons back in the um, early 90s. And onward. We gotta remember the Clintons were the ones who were part of the thing that got us into the three strikes, the three strikes rules. That's right. And filling the prison and stuff on other things where it's like, yeah, the economy was better and all that, but it wasn't like all sweet for American black folks, too. That's right. Like, everybody needs a call out. You know, I'm not going to worship at the church of Bernie Sanders, and I'm not going to worship at the synagogue of Hillary Clinton for political salvation. And this is a whole other thing, too. One of the lessons I think people have not learned since the past year of the post-Ferguson era, and people have gotten butthurt about this before, and but again, I don't care, is that... I think there are genuine people who are under the Black Lives Matter umbrella and whatnot who truly care about helping black folks. They'll do, they will do that whether they have a camera in front of their face or not or whether they have one Twitter follower or hundreds of thousands and what have you. But there are also people who are using the hurt of black America as a civil rights capitalistic hustle. No doubt. And those folks can go straight to hell as far as I'm concerned. You can go straight to hell. Like, you're not supposed to be going on a war tours and stuff when we haven't really made that much progress. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not supposed to be, you know, people trying to hustle and, 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 and bustle and all that to try to take um, Al Sharpton's place when he passes as being the Negro who talks for quote-unquote black America on TV. We, we got to keep it real, Blackhawk. There, there, there's people who are on that. Some of our elders are on that, and some of our younger folks are on it. You know, I, I personally believe Dr. Cornell West is on that. I can dig it. You know, there, there, there's plenty of people who are on that, and there's people who are younger who are on that. And that, to me, is disgusting, where it's like, long as you, long as black folks are suffering, you're going to find a way to try to get some attention in the chat. And try to jockey into power positions. And we're in, we're about a year away from a presidential election here in the United States. No doubt. So you got some people who are making noise because they just care about making noise. They're going to keep it moving and all of that and do actions and stuff to help out their communities on micro and macro levels. You can't tell me some of these folks who are doing this stuff or planning these actions aren't trying to get themselves a seat at the political table. No doubt. You can't tell me that. And people got to be on the lookout for that because... It's obvious that our democracy is flawed here in the United States. This is the truth. It's it's very obvious, and I don't want to see these various movements on local and bigger levels get co-opted just to be used as chess pieces for a bunch of rich white politicians and other folks who don't give a damn, but it's what had these tokens on deck. I mean, there was a period of time the NAACP was powerful and all that and now they're pretty much just like the token well these negroes said we could do this organization (laughs) 
on some levels, I see that happening with Black Lives Matter and some other folks. I'm like, don't get caught in that trap. Don't feel like you won because you might be the consultant to talk about um, Negro problems or the speech maker to talk about minority issues and all of that after you got loud. No doubt, no Cause doubt. Because I see, I see that happening with Sanders' thing. It literally has happened with Sanders' um, joint. Actually, one of the people who um, protested um, during the um, around um, University of Washington and what have you ended up getting hired um, <clears throat> excuse me as the press secretary for Bernie Sanders' campaign. No doubt. Young black lady. And hey, they, they could be sincere. They could be about and for it and all of that good stuff. But you got to sit down and look at things and just be like, hmm. I'm too old to be naive about this. I'm too old. I read too much. I've been through too many political experiences <laughs> on um, smaller levels to bigger things besides, you know, both myself and the Black Hawk being media people and researchers. No doubt. Don't settle for being the token good Negro, whether you want to be have it under an activist umbrella or a neutral Negro umbrella. <laughs> because that's that to me shames these um deaths that um have been occurring to the present day. No doubt. And um the poor treatment and stuff people have just functioning every day. Heck, I still get followed at stores. In other places. And people who have met me live know I'm a small person. I don't be acting up too crazy, nothing like that, but none of that matters. When we hired a death for Sandra Bland, her education, all the stuff she did or whatever, none of that mattered. No doubt. You got folks who, you know, doing their nine to fives and or, you know, just they hustles that ain't violent or hurting nobody. None of that mattered. No doubt. When these folks died, whether they had quote unquote a past or they didn't have a past. None of it mattered. Until black folks get treated properly, none, none of this crap matters. The respectability politics thing should be dead, but people are still holding onto that joint, like it's a security blanket, like they lioness or whatever. <laughs> Lots of black folks got killed in baggy pants and the hippest clothes. A lot of black people got killed in suits and dresses. Well, Don't get it effed up. You know what I'm saying? Um... Unfortunately, a year past all of this, we still got to go ahead and fight and be strong and get some other stuff done. And um, we don't need to call out just the current power structure um, that's out there, but every um, body who's trying to fit into this crooked power structure through hustles and more. Yeah, we got to call out the... um, the politicians on local levels and stuff. Yes, we got to call out the law enforcement on local levels to national and other stuff. We got to call out the people who are trying to keep stuff the same so they can eat too. Um, I'm I'm not beef for civil rights hustlers, yo. I'm I'm not. I'm not beef for folks who are just there like long as I look like a controllable black martyr, I can eat okay. <laughs> that that's not how this is supposed to work. And again, we've gotten complaints about talking about that type of stuff before, but guess what? That That's how it works. Um, on a political level, as um, folks have said time and time again, um, both myself and the Blackhawk are Democrat or Republican. We're independent. No doubt. You know, there, there's really no horse in this race but the the best horse possible. And sometimes the horse needs to get a kick in the ass to get a move. No doubt. And whatnot. So, um... Well, 
I hope we make more progress as um, time goes by with everything. So. Well, one thing I wanted to, just a couple things I wanted to say about that, not getting in detail like you did, but um, um, she had brought up Hillary Clinton and the, the race or whatever. I hadn't, I hadn't really been following it. And um, the reminder about what happened when Bill was in office, you know, and the and, and that's affected. That's you know that law has affected somebody that's in my family. And so, um, but one thing that I knew before that was that Bill Clinton is a Rose Scholar. You know, the fact that people thought Bill Clinton was like a, a, a president for black people, I don't know where that illusion came from. So, and, and no so Hillary is a part of that. That was an illusion that black folk had that was, that was not an illusion promoted by God. You know, Briefly, Rose Scholar meant that he got money from a, a fund that was set aside that was that was accumulated from the rape and murder of South Africans when they took over uh, the land and the gold and um, the diamonds. So, you know, that is from that. So you had to be a certain person to be chosen should be a part of that. So, you know what I'm saying? Not a lot of black folk know that, you know, that, you know, that that money is connected with that, you know, but also won't dwell much on that. And the, um, what was the other thing you were speaking on? Um, um, uh, um, anyway, anyway, Mm -hmm. but, um, oh yeah, black lives matter. Mm -hmm. Um, it is, it is a, um, it's been since about, I guess since about the 50s, um, the job almost of the FBI to infiltrate organizations. No doubt. Um, anybody have a question about what I'm saying? There's a book called Cornfield Pro Papers. I read that book over 10 years ago. No doubt. Um, and there are other agents of oppression. There's another one by the same publisher. Um, you know, it was, you know, that's what they do. It ain't just like, you know, drug cats and, you know, mafioso, you know, they did that. So on some level, you know, they're going to have to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to be admitted to, but, you know, I'm not saying nothing that's disrespectful or whatever. That's just common. That's information. You go to public library and get. No doubt. I mean, we're in the age right now where you had the library and you could Google search this information. Um, people who check the Fusebox radio page, um, just as a real quick interjection, it's known that the Black Lives Matter organization and other various organizations have been spied on by local and federal governments. Like, the, the documentation is there from everything from Washington Post to ProPublica to um, the Intercept and plenty more. So what the Black Hawks bringing up is not a game. If anything, it's like Pro 2.0. No doubt. So and I just want to throw that out there. Not getting too much deeper into it, but and every spy organization that exists in some ways spies on American banks. So we're talking about the ones that are international. Every one. 
in some ways is looking at black people in the mirror. And some, you know, I don't say all so much. You know, but they know some of the legends that possibly whatever. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of look, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's really the the the, the, work, the, the on on the ground action, the push action, that's just that's that's wonderful, it's pure and wholesome and um without ambition, without fear, and without glory seeking. You know. But it's truly a spiritual warfare. Because too many people are dying. You know, just back to back. You know, that's there's something else going on. And whether you adapting to the what you should be will stop that is one thing. But just so you have a proper way of dealing with it when it comes in in the way that's gonna be the best way for you, you know. For some you know, too many people are dying. Death. You know. I mean I mean murder. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of it going on, and it's like, you know, what is this? You know, but anyway, um, what's what's the what's the next thing that's popping off you? No doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, we definitely had to get into that on a few levels. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm sure pretty much anybody who, even if you just remotely follow our U.S. presidential election cycle right now, we got about a year again before we elect a new president. And um, the GOP slash Republican Party is a pure clown car of morons, yo. <laughs> I think it's about like 16 folks who are running thus far. Um, just one of the few times I did not watch debates because, A, I had a sinus headache that day and I took it down early and B, I'm like, I know it's going to be dumb. And there's going to be all types of clips and stuff of this thing on here. And the internet did not disappoint. Um... Man, Dr. Ben Carson, I, I, I hope he gets, I know some people say get get the call of Jesus or whatever, but I'm like, bro, get out of there. <laughs> get, get get out of there. Don't be happy to be this token that that them, them white folks really don't want around but to say that, oh, we had another black guy. And he was there for a minute. His joint was, like, embarrassing and, like, you know, he was sitting at the kitty table with all the other guys just because there was a quota or something. And um, with the GOP, I'm like, y'all screwed up y'all's political party so much because I'm one of those people, I'm like, I don't got to agree with everything that your platform is on. But you kind of had to try to have some common sense and some basic de- decency. And they failed on all those issues in the past few years. And now it's like y'all failed so bad that people are looking at Donald Trump like, this can't make sense. The dude that's on The Apprentice and yells loud and sold all these hustling books and all this other type of stuff. That dude is your leading candidate. Jeb Bush is second. I ain't a fan of nobody who's running. (laughs) Straight up. But I'm like, Donald Trump is leading? You got people who just there like, yo, we need to rebel against the system. We need to have Donald Trump be president. That should make you want to get right, even if you're about quote-unquote conservative values, which lately just seem to be very racist and sexist. They've been that way for a while, but they seem to be ultra-racist and sexist as of late. Like, like get get your lives together. Like, people want to look that debate up, they can, and I've seen clips in, you know, various longer parts of it, but get y'all's lives together. And this is the party where we've spent this past few minutes, you know, 
doing some criticism about the Democratic Party. But some of the Democratic Party will at least pretend they care about black folk. <laughs> and other folks of color, they'll at least pretend to do so. The last um, presidential GOP debate, they spent less than a minute talking about police violence and the con the concept of Black Lives Matter. No, no. Less than a minute. That debate was two hours. Honestly, yo, I'm, I'm like this. If you're a person of color and you wrote the GOP, you're lost, yo. Whether you believe in spirituality or anything else, you're a, you're a lost human being. Because them cats don't care about you the second you're not useful anymore, whether it's the, well, whether it's to engage in sex with or use as a token. They don't care about you, dog. They don't care. Well, no. Like, like, get your minds right. That, that's all I got to say on that. Um, next up on the quick list of um, commentary. Um, okay. The movie Strand of Compton comes out this week on a nationwide scale. And what have you. And for some who might not be familiar with this, um, Straight Outta Compton is a movie that is a biopic of the group N.W.A. <laughs> who, back in the late 90s, early late 80s, early 90s, um, represented West Coast um, gangster rap and all that. And people know the most famous cats who came from that crew as Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Excuse me, and um, Eze who passed away the nineties um, due to um, AIDS, AIDS complications. No doubt. Um, tied into this movie coming out has been um, Dr. Dre's first solo release in quite some time. First solo release in sixteen years. Um, with Compton, the soundtrack by Dr. Dre. No and um, I've had various people ask me how I feel about the Compton album and the release of this movie. Um, I'm not mad at the movie coming out. I'm personally curious about it. I mean, they got good people behind it on the acting in and all that, as well as um, on the directors of F. Gary Gray. I'm curious to see how much this movie shows warts and all, and what does not get shown. No doubt. Like, granted, this is going to be essentially a biopic with, you know, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube's blessing, so I'm not expecting it to get too down and dirty. Like, I'm not expecting to see the D. Barnes incident in the movie. <laughs> for, God, this makes me feel so old, and I'm not old at all. <laughs> but uh, for people who aren't familiar with the D. Barnes incident, um, back in the day, Dr. Dre beat up um, a young lady who was a reporter at the time for a hip-hop show by the name of D. Barnes, and um, it was a real bad incident. And people can do the search on it. I know actually a few music um, sites and everything have, you know, wrote up on that as late with the movie coming out. Um, I'm not expecting that to come up. I'm not necessarily expecting these cats to to not be looked at as not just talented musicians. Like, I'm expecting the big, you know, I'm expecting the big hype up to make these cats seem like they founded something that existed for a while. Because gangster rap existed for a long time. And what have you, but the oh, West Coast flavor of it, including the West Coast flavor of it, plus the promotional machine behind it and all that, on top of, That's yes, right. Cube is talented and Dre is talented and all that, but all that stuff combined to, at a certain time frame to make N.W.A. be what N.W.A. is. And I'm hoping that That's folks right. of at least 
the thirties and above who remember this type of stuff, don't get caught up in the haze of nostalgia to overhype something that necessarily wasn't a certain way. That's right. And all of that. And this That's is right. and this is not a dis per se. I grew up to NWA and Ice Cube, you know, going solo and I remember people having the chronic tape, yes, the chronic tape, playing in the cars mm-hmm. and all of that and other types of things. But I think when you have people have their hands that deeply into it, not that many people are going to be that honest about themselves. And this That's doesn't necessarily right. mean these cats didn't grow or anything. I mean, we definitely know at least on a business level Dre has grown. I don't know anything about his personal life. And I think he keeps a lot of that close to his vest. I mean, the man's about 50 years old now. I would hope that he's grown mentally. But, yeah, I'm curious to see how things go in the realms of things with this movie. Like, I'm not going to say, I'll I'll check it out. I know at the very minimum, I want to do a review besides the fact that, yeah, the movie clips don't look bad. Um, But, yeah, like, I'm already seeing people get into a hype wagon that I don't necessarily think they know what they're hopping on to. A lot of people got 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 during that period of time. That's right. Due to nonsense. And um I definitely want to say I don't know, that. Go ahead. I don't know if you want to say any more, but Well, I'm um, saying give give your give your opinion on that, then I'll just do like a little quick synopsis of um the Compton album, then we'll just get into a few more things and wrap it up. Okay. Um well I remember when it came out, and actually a friend of mine, one of my cats I used to work with, MC I used to work with at the time when I was a kid, he had said, yo, man, you heard whatever, whatever. And um, so, you know, I, I checked it out. I eventually bought the album on vinyl. And I had Easy e on vinyl, DOC on vinyl. You know, I was buying that click stuff, so... Anything you hear me say it comes from the vantage point of a person that was buying it. It was comedy for me in the beginning. I'm just going to keep it straight up. Because back east, um, you know, um, Jerry Curls had died down. So, you know, and you just, that wasn't, that wasn't the tough guy or spiritual guy or tough spiritual guy thing with that, but Jerry Curls. And so when I saw that, that was kind of amusing to me. But you know, I, the the production was 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 tight. It was a mix of sampling and live music. It, people say there was no samples samples on that album. Before Chronic, there were samples, and there were samples on the Chronic album. But um, so I mean, I had liked that. That was kind of you know where you know I had always thought it should go. And so uh, production wise. And um, and I think that was one of the bigger things that helped them with the production. In is that Dre came in with a like with with a beat situation that was that was you know did you know did you know basically it did the West Coast well. You know what I'm saying? Um, they weren't the first to use the word gangster on record or referring to themselves. They were not the first to do that. Just Ice, the original gangster hip hop was did that before they did, almost four years before, you know, their album dropped. Um, and um, you can still get his stuff, you know what I'm saying, the backup of the thing on the internet. And, uh, but he, and he was promoting, like, you know, a hardcore end 
that a lot of cats didn't have at that time. And so we're talking about the 80s. And he never really got the pub, you know what I'm saying, that NWA got. You know, I don't know if Ghetto Boys, you know, had got the same pub or whatever. Ice-T was doing that type of stuff, you know what I'm saying. Ice-T originally from Jersey. But he was originally doing, you know, you know, but when he was doing the average, he was the West Coast. You know, he was doing some stuff like that, too. And that was before N.W.A. I mean, on his first album, Power, I mean, I love that album. I mean, I love the album and I love the cover. It was him, Darlene, and he was, uh, um, I think I was about to say E for D. I mean, E for E. And, um, and they had, they, you didn't see it, but they had shotguns behind them, and the shotguns were behind their legs. I, I love that cup. I love that album and the, the visual. Um, and that was before N.W.A. So, you know, N.W.A. just got caught in with a, uh, with Dre and a music, and, and like that drive behind that, that, uh, 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 administrative uh, uh, um, corporate push that put them to another place. And I'm not saying, you know, whatever, whatever. I think every time, a lot of times when I hear people talk about it, they, you know, you get the impression that, you know, they were the first kind of, they were the first to say, uh, fuck the police on record. Nobody took it on that level. But outside of that, mostly everything they did was something, you know, you know, it was more, a little bit more cursing. You know, there was more cursing. It's not like it was, you know, I mean, you know, you know, we had Chuck D and Just Ice Rhythm Gangsta Hip Hop. So, I mean, we we already had rough, masculine voices. So, you know, they didn't add that, you know. But it was a little bit more cursing. And, you know, I, I thought that it was good musically. Their album, Niggas for Life, um, production-wise, was probably... One of the better albums um, of that year, you know what I'm saying. I won't say of all times, but of that year, it was that was you know, you know. I'm going to say this briefly, and I I respected them as artists and music, but I didn't like the fact that I thought that there were forces that were trying to use that type of rap to stifle the the conscious rap or the knowledge rap that was going on. Because you know you you, you 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 know, I mean the stuff that that they that they they claim that they've been pushing. I mean you know, you know that you know it, you either call it cinema or you call it you know you know very misleading and bad for black um, black black youth to you know to absorb. I mean there was a lot of stuff in the East that came out that I did like, but at the same qualifications really apply. Especially when you use that, you know, it, you know, it, it has to be cinema. It has to be like, you know, because early hip hop didn't necessarily have to go there, and it was fun. It didn't have to be, you know, the gangster stuff happened outside. The real gangster stuff. It didn't have to be like on record, though. You know what I'm saying? And so when it became like a record thing, you know, a lot of people died during the, a lot of people died during hip hop period before the gangster rap. Niggas, cats were getting, you know, were getting killed, but. During that period, I think there was an increase, you know, and then, you know, with the drugs and all the other stuff that was going on, three strikes coming in, I mean, you know, that wasn't the stuff to, that wasn't really the, the stuff to vibrate to. You know, it really sometimes becomes more than music in the sense of, you know, certain choices one can make, whatever, whatever, you know. But end of the day, I think, you know, you know, I don't know. One thing I also want to add is that I also heard that I, from 
and when she's talking about where the cats are going to be honest, I mean, what about the rumors Tupac said about those cats? You know, are they going to get into that? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, I'm not necessarily going to get specific, but he had, you know, alleged about certain things about, you know, certain things about Dr. Drake. So, you know, whether that, I doubt they're going to get into that. Um, and, um, you know, whether they were always sampling or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You know, certain things or whatever, you know, um, whether they're going to be honest about. But, you know, at the end of the day, create creative things, you know, people can do creative things and continue at that age. I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. I'd definitely like to see, you know, more cats. I mean, you know, I mean, there were cats who, who, you know, who, you know, Dre didn't write his rhymes. So he survived somebody's writing for him. You know, cats who were writing and, and doing shows before they got on. But see, they didn't have that same push behind them. I don't know if it's true, but I heard a researcher say that the head of Interscope was also, the head of Interscope during the time of the chronic was also the head of, was also the leader of the Church of Satan. I don't know if that's true or not, but I had a, I was told that by a researcher. Uh, I think it's uh, I forgot his name at the moment, but you know, which is interesting because you know that type of you know negative vibration. In other words, it, 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 it's positive in the sense of people doing creative things, but it's negative in the sense of what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? You know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not going to go too much along. I just wanted to push certain things because certain things I had known for a long time. I just hadn't had a doorway to say them. You know what I'm saying? And this is, you know, not meant to be anything, anything critical, but it's just, you know, just honest questioning. And, you know, and you know, I was, I was alive during that time. I was a young cat, but I remember, I remember, I remember a lot of cats liking them, but I just remember, you know, a lot of negative things happening after, you know, that were going on. That it was amongst that it didn't that that wasn't the music to help change that that wasn't the thing that the vibration that needed to take over during these times of when drugs were getting bad laws whatever going you know everything was messing with you know black people on some level that wasn't the best thing for the music industry to promote I just believe that to the day no doubt no doubt and. Hey, that's what we got a show for. Say what we want to say. <laughs> so that's all good. Um, on the music, in a term to Dr. Dre's Compton album, um, I've listened to it a few times. And I'm going to be really brief about this because there's one or two more things I want to touch base on before we get into the show. Um, it is not a bad album, but it is not a classic. <laughs> it does not suck, but again, it is not a classic. I personally believe that people are grading it on a curve because mainstream hip-hop for the summer 2015 has been very lackluster on the best end of things. The Compton album dropping came at almost an opportune time because really nothing's going on. Like, you know, usually every summer, whatever, there's like at least a few songs, whether you like them or not, you're like, okay, this kind of defines things for the summer of whatever, whatever. We didn't really have that this year as far as I'm concerned. And what I turned like, okay, I'm going to hear this joint and I'm going to always hear that at the party or the radio or whatever. I'm, you know, there's going to at least be a few joints I rock. So that really didn't happen. 
So Dr. Dre coming up with this album, he had a, after he not putting out something in ages on a quote unquote surprising. Cause come on, bro, you know the movie was dropping at a certain time. This is a great example of dope marketing and dope PR on top of the fact of things are dry right now and there's enough people from a few hip hop generations who sometimes get a little too cloudy on nostalgia. No doubt. You know, like, if you like the West Coast vibe and sound, I mean, there's some really nicely produced joints on there. And there's a few really, really dope tracks on there and um, some artists who stepped up their game, including um, a young man by the name of um, Anderson Pack, which I'm definitely curious to see more of um, his joints. Like, those are some of the more standout tracks to me with a joint that he was on solo or with other people and what have you, but it's going to be remembered, I think, in the way that people looked at um that Beyonce album that dropped on the low about a year or so ago. Great marketing, great hype, people have strong fan bases already and all of that, but when you look at the sum of the musical parts, it's above average. Yeah. And that's all you can say about it. And well, if, it, if, it, if anybody wants to, I'll, I can break it down in detail online. I just want to say something briefly is that I'm glad that, like I said, Cass was able to do something, but I always thought that Chronic 1 and 2 was a little overhyped. I thought that, you know, with the, you know, it was, they were good. They were, you know, some of the best beats that were out. But, you know, the perfect example of if you got good beats, that's almost half. Good beats and good promotion, you're almost in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, they were they had good they had good MCs on both projects, but I always thought that it was they gave that those love more than cats that were already whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I always thought that was weird, you know what I'm saying? And it was like almost like it was a pur- purposely shunning other cats. I just remember when it was going on that, you know, there was a lot of love for those cats back east. So that East Coast, West Coast thing was purposely made up by outside forces. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember a lot of cats. But, you know, you know, I'm I'm from the from the school of when cats was doing it before then. So it was like, eh, you know, it it it, it, it it's like a lot of hip hop now in that you have a lot of people who are able to emulate what came before them and then put it in their way. And you got a lot of cats doing that today. They emulated a lot and then they came forward. So the cat who heard the best, I didn't hear any, I didn't hear the game get stepped up. You know what I'm saying? I heard a good project, but anything that went back, because, you know, there was accusations during that era that East Coast wasn't doing anything real before gangster rap. People actually came out of their face and would say those things. You know, it was public enemy. There was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. You mean Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five got the best? That's still the best, one of the best hip hop records ever made. You know what I'm saying? Ice Cube sampled that, sampled that record. So check yourself. But that original is the best. You know, I mean, it's a message. It's hardcore. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, I I don't want to be misinterpreted, but I just I agree with her when she talks about the nostalgia of it when you're looking back. But I remember going on there was that that media machine behind them. I don't know what he did to get that, what he had to sacrifice to get that. 
But that has a big effect on hip-hop when you're able to get that. Because there's some people who are getting that now. It's like, so-and-so years ago was way better than you. But he didn't have that arm, that, that financial arm and that leg on. Maybe he didn't sacrifice whatever, whatever to get that. You know, because this game is a lot about sacrifices. There's a lot of people doing things that we don't know about, you know, just to be on a certain level, you know. You know but, but mm. you know, God, God bless all artists who want to do, who are able to do their art and get paid for it. No doubt, no doubt. I think if anything, if anything with Dr. Dre's doing, I'm like, the man on a business level definitely grew. I don't think anybody can deny that whether you're a fan of that dude or not. In terms of um, his input, I mean, dude is literally a billionaire. No doubt. He's literally a billionaire and got to a point, like, I think only him and Puffy, if you look back at that era, mm-hmm. him, Puffy, and recently Jay-Z, because Puffy and Dre been on it longer than Jay-Z. No doubt. Like, but Dre and Puffy alone don't got to put out music for the rest of their lives, but they still have to people a cool cachet. Yeah, and I was glad to definitely big up to Bad Boy for doing that um, that reunion on BET. That was a beautiful thing. That was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So you got to look at stuff that's interesting on that level. Like, Jay-Z still has to put out music every once in a while. And that might change. But... Those guys survived a lot of stuff that they played direct hands in and that on some level they were played for as pawns. And um, I think a movie like Straight Outta Compton and people probably doing the research on what went down, um, it could bring up some interesting things and I hope some interesting lessons that folks can learn from. No doubt. On the music and the historical end. But yeah, that's just a few things folks want to say on that. Um... Drake versus Meek Mill, the Vienna sausages of hip hop beef that nobody asked for. <laughs> like, literally nobody nobody asked for this. And like I'm very, very happy that no violence has occurred with it or whatever. But like when I get up in the morning, like people who see the social network pages can probably realize that I get up relatively early each day. And I usually check stuff during my commute or whatever, and people are saying, like, yo, Meek Mill babbled a whole bunch of stuff about Drake. And I'm like, so? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who cares? Like, there's a little bit of, like, the the main winner in this entire thing has been comedy. Because people have gotten more laughs out of this, and I think during a really crappy week for um, Black America <laughs> during the past week and more in terms of just finding out about more police killings and all that, including a young white man who got killed unarmed by the police. Really? Um, yeah, and um, what have you. Which, on a, on a quick side diversion before I get back to the music again, which that is a crazy story because you got people who, you know, I'm sure you've seen on the news people talk about the, you know, when people go say Black Lives Matter, you got some people like, no, all lives matter. And it's like, y'all are pretty much saying that to try to shut up black folks. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Color, you know like, you and your all lives matter can sit on a rusty building with spin on it. I'm not really beat for that type of nonsense and what have you. But it's like, when this young white man gets killed in a particular way, like, um, he's, he, he supposedly had some weed on him or whatever. And, co- and the autopsy showed that cop shot him in the back twice. Sure. And he was unarmed. And his parents are like, well, where's the protest? And I'm like, you know how people even learned about your story? 
the Black Lives Matter people and black folks in general, because for better or for worse, black folks are some of the most loving and forgiving people yeah. in America. Like, we were the ones who were just there like, yo, this case is jacked up. And this is not to to brag or boast because a tragedy is a tragedy is a tragedy, but it's like, didn't we tell y'all that law enforcement be tripping at times? Didn't we tell y'all that this situation is jacked up and quite frankly, anything that affects the minority races and classes in this country affects us all? And now here's that case where that happened. And shout out to the folks over at um, Oh Hell No, because um, A... Um, they, I'm, I'm, I'm currently doing some, some moderation of news stories and stuff on the face on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash oh hell no blog, and um, both myself and the mother co-founder of the site of Slough so put up stuff about this particular story, and there were some folks who got really butt hurt <laughs> with us talking about well where's the all lives matter people because all lives matter right this young white dude got killed this way where y'all at. And a lot of those folks who tried to throw that out were silent as as hell. <laughs> y'all were causing no ruckus. Y'all weren't talking about the system. Y'all y'all are yelling, screaming about holding a gun and all that, and you know, the Second Amendment man and all this other type of noise. But one of y'all's own got killed. Where where are y'all at? That's right. Where are y'all at? We supposed to carry that burden and our own burden, which again, and like look, like look look at what happened, yo. Look at what happened. All lives matter because you just want everybody to shut up. You look at the concept of people even saying Black Lives Matter as being a front to your own existence. That in itself shows a problem. Like how yeah. dare how dare a Black life matter? That's gross. My life is is on top though. Why are you making <laughs> you know why are you making me uncomfortable talking about this race stuff? I mean, you know, hurting my feeling like 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 the meme shows um. On the online where they got like this little white dude talking about hurting my feelings as the real racism and all that. And it's like, yo, like this is this is gonna affect everybody. This is not a game. And this wasn't, you know, some activist white boy. This was just a regular dude. Law enforcement overreach has never been a game in the history of any place, any country at any time. Mm-hmm. And Americans need to grow the hell up, yo. You need to grow the hell up. So, um, but yeah, let me pull up the young man's name and whatnot right quick. I know I had that story not too long ago. And, um, excuse me, all of that. Um, dang, I can't find the article right now, but people can go ahead and search for that. The Washington Post did um, a pretty good write up breaking it down and everything, but this is what happens when people want to ignore what's right in front of their faces. Oh, pardon me, Zachary Hammond. And this also happened in South Carolina. No doubt. And all, all, all for a bag of weed. All for a bag of weed, and the official police report never mentioned the two shots that killed him. Mm. And um, what have you. So everybody can be done dirty by that blue wall of silence, guys. Mm. And think about how strong protests have been during the past year, where you got white parents talking about, well, we need to have our son be protested too. Mm. And 
again, not to stop on somebody else's loss or tragedy or whatever. It's like, did y'all feel that way before your son died? <laughs> did y'all care about these police brutality issues and other stuff before your son died? This is a real question. And this has to be an honest question. Because when all these things happen, yes, we bring it up from our perspective because we're people of color. But as people of color, our lives are literally political. We look at things in terms of our own survival and what always trickles down to be a bigger picture. Shoot, the, the modern welfare state wouldn't have happened in terms of like free free lunch and stuff like that if it wasn't for black organizations and Latino organizations and other folks in this country who had to do for their own. No doubt. If folks had to bite off of that, whether it's the Black Panthers or the Young Lords or whatever have you. It gets deep, guys. People literally bite off of black folks about everything. But you know what? I'm, I'm not. I, I got way off of the topic I was talking about. But um, it's always been that way. Yeah. Man would man man would not be where he is where he is without the Negro. Yeah, Hello. That that's a whole other conversation when we finally get this um unedited show going on. But um, yeah. Let me get back to this rap thing real quick. But I just had to bring that part up. Um, God, God of civilization, father of the universe. And um, before we get, I saw Rod doing an entire like freestyle song and everything for people about that's a that's a quote from scripture, brand new being but, my um, children. <laughs> yeah, back to this um Meek Mill Drake thing, right quick. Um, this just shows to me the perfect encapsulation of how cheesy mainstream hip hop has gotten. Because all of this stuff started off because Meek Mill was probably caught in his feelings one day. And he's on Twitter tweeting a whole bunch of stuff talking about this cat didn't even try to help promote my album and the song he was on and blah, 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 blah. He was like, yo, this dude has ghostwriters. And for me, maybe just because I'm a little too old and a tad bit jaded and been, you know, half my life has been professionally involved in the music industry. If Drake has ghostwriters, I'm not surprised. But also, when you look on albums and stuff like that, there tend to be co-writers on a lot of these songs. Where they not, might not write the entire thing, but they do have co-writers. So, I'm like, I'm not necessarily shocked by this. Also, when you're mentioning certain songs and stuff, these weren't the hits. Like, for me, I'm like, these are songs I'm like, I really don't care for these songs, so whatever, whatever. And then I'm on the tip of, besides the fact that you as a grown person started whining on Twitter, I'm like, do you think you doing this is going to make the ghostwriter call themselves out? If you're a Drake's ghostwriter, I'm sure your check is really nice. <laughs> I'm sure you're living nicer than I'm sure the both of us are, and we live pretty decent. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, people aren't rich, but people are comfortable. If no you're doubt. a Drake's ghostwriter, I'm pretty sure you're not going to screw that up because of, of some meat mill or whatever. And I'm sure if you are a ghostwriter for some people on that high of an echelon of, of sales and so forth and so on, I'm sure you signed non-disclosure agreements. Because <laughs> I'm looking on the net and people just, they're like, yeah, you know, we got these reference tracks by this dude by the name of Quentin Miller and blah, blah, blah. We're going to ask him if he's Drake's ghostwriter. And dude said, no, I'm like, what the hell do you expect for him to say? <laughs> you, you expect for him to ruin the gravy train? <laughs> Internet website, how dumb are you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Because straight up, let me tell you something. Until somebody dies or my check stop, if I ever got that right, you think I'm going to tell y'all bum selves for some extra clicks that, that ruined my living? You'll get the hell out my face. <laughs> this ain't how life works. That's not how life works. But anyway, usually the dissing of somebody's authenticity could be, you know, an ill of their career or whatever, right? That did not happen because Meek talked all this stuff and we're still, even though people might look at things in terms of hip-hop being a little diluted or whatever, we're still on those old-school battle rules. Like, oh, snap, he's, he's popping this junk. Maybe there'll be an ill song that follows it. Maybe we can see it in musical form. And that didn't happen. And in the meantime, Drake, you know, the the dude that, you know, sings on half his drags and people say that he's soft and he's a charming Canadian and all that other type of biz, like, he puts out, like, two joints back-to-back. Not really hot tracks, but but decent enough. And, you know, the second joint had some truth in it. Like, yo, you know, are you are you on a world tour, your girl's tour, and little little witty joints, you know what I'm saying? Like, he he, he, he draked it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, Drake now had the Beats 1 um, music show through Apple and all that other type of thing. So I'm like, you, you're going up against a person who has more resources than you. Part of beef and hip-hop beef, musically or otherwise, is being able to do things strategically. And Meek Mill failed on that in a thousand and one ways. And this is a dude who musically, you know, back in the day, battled Cassidy and other people who were known for the battle rap circuit. Philly, Philly has always had a strong battle rap circuit. No doubt. And it's like, dude, like, days later, you put out a track that's mediocre as hell. You... You had Funk Flex embarrass himself because first he's like, I'm going to drop this joint and you ain't give him the joint. <laughs> so a joint came out later, which is a whole other thing to me. Where I'm just there like, yo, mainstream radio had become cats, a, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have become such whores. <laughs> they become such lazy, pathetic whores, like, oh my God. And I'm going to talk about Flex specifically because I remember when I first went up to New Jersey to go to school. Bug Flex's show was a guaranteed listen. Oh, wow. On Hot News 7. Like, when you heard an exclusive, you're like, it's gonna be an exclusive, and it's gonna be hot, and blah, 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 blah. And now he is definitely a shadow of himself. Mm. And it's pathetic. And this particular situation lately just showed how freaking pathetic that is. Um, During our last show, you know, I talked about some other stuff going on with Hot 97. I mean, their fall-off has been precipitous, even within the New York City metro area. Like, even if you go off a of Nielsen rating, like, Power 105 is spanking them. But that's a whole other thing for another day. But I'm like, and then, you know, you got people coming out with more and more of the story where it's just, they're like, well, it can't just be about an album. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure people have hurt feelings from different stuff before. Maybe Homeboy thought that dude was his, was his friend and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Meek Mill is dating Nicki Minaj and, you know, he, he might have some insecurities about certain things from what he assumes is their past history. Besides the fact that they're people and whatnot and all that. And I don't know, man. I mean, this this type of thing where I'm like, this could have happened after y'all had an argument. You got you got up in your feelings you, and you, you got on your smartphone and started off with avalanche or stuff or whatever, whatever. I'm like, you're causing problems in your household doing that. And I'm not saying you got to be quiet and not not even to, to make fun of, of, the, of the name or whatever, but be quiet and meek or whatever. But it's like, dude, like... You're causing stress in your household doing this. 
Well, they supposedly are at least friends, if not, you know, anything else they had deeper beforehand besides, you know, business things. And I'm like, I'm sure that you're, like, you are literally on your girl's tour, dog. She's probably like, what the hell is this? I can't have three moments of quiet and you cause a nonsense. And then the internet hops into it. And that's why I said comedy was the best part of this thing. Because I'm pretty sure nobody's going to remember any of these songs like the next two weeks. <laughs> but the way the internet went at this joint with memes and jokes and videos and all of that, and I'm sure people have seen them on our Facebook page and um, Twitter pages and other stuff and just all over. Like, there's been some laugh-out-loud stuff with this. I mean, people had Meek Mill on a milk carton talking about missing his rhymes. Anime Geeks had the joke where they had Drake writing a death note with Meek Mill's name on it. You had corporations making jokes on them. On Twitter. Like, when you have a burger company talk about Meek, you need to know that you need to serve quality beef. I'm like, son. <laughs> Like, whoever was handling these social media joints for some of these companies, like Rosetta Stone, that they, they couldn't, and, like, you can't interpret what Meek Mill said of his diss, but however, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I'm like, you literally set yourself up for the worst week ever. Because of some tweets, yo. Do the beef thing smart. If nothing else, did nobody learn from 50 Cent? Maybe Drake did. Because as much as people can talk about how 50 Cent is now and beforehand, that 50 Cent Ja Rule joint back in the day was a class in strategy. Besides the songs or whatever have you, like just finding funny ways to diss people or whatever and make it a big thing. And the worst thing about all of this to me is that if I was somebody involved in in a hip-hop beef, musically or otherwise, I would want the other party to at least seem like they're they're bothered. Drake did all of his stuff. It doesn't even seem to be the least bit bothered. <laughs> that has to be embarrassing. Like, Meek Mill got Summer Jam screened um, by the OVO Fest a few days ago. And Drake didn't even have his people make up stuff. They They just pulled up memes from the internet dragging Meek. And of course, you know, Drake was at his hometown of Toronto at the time. So everybody up there knew the words of his joint. I'm like, that's some embarrassing stuff. You even had a Toronto politician talk about Meek Mill's band. I'm like, what is this, dog? All off of some tweets. That's why sometimes you just gotta let them, them, them Twitter fingers go. So, I mean, we all probably have our moments we get, you know, in our in our feelings and we type up certain stuff or whatever, but sometimes you just gotta let that slide because screenshots last forever. Yeah. Remember, no, I'm gonna say forever. something different. No doubt. Um, I think homeboy. Um, excuse me. Back in the day, or just from the, the um the street cast I knew, or the the hip hop whatever, and just from my brother, just older cats, you know, you know, telling me things that um. You can't expect, especially I mean, my, my brother saying some things, you can't expect people to do certain things for you. I mean, that expectation, you know what I'm saying? Especially if they, they, they aren't friends, y'all not friends. You know, you know, homegirl through, through whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, you know him too. Your, you know, your girl says, you know, you know, that ain't your man's though. You know what I'm saying? You don't even know this cat. So, I mean, that expectation. One, two, you got to a place where a lot of cats who are better than homeboy never got to. Word. So it's like, you got this, son, it's cool. You know, he don't keep it moving. I mean, just some old school lessons. I mean, I mean, like, I'm like, yo. And, you know, I definitely think they're harping on it because he's with Nikki. And, you know, you know, try to mess with them. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think um, it could hopefully, but it could potentially mess with his sales. You know, which, is, which would be a complete backfire. You know what I'm saying? Um from what he was trying to do originally. So, you know, all I wanted basically was saying is that, you know, dude, you on. You don't need to say no. We're going to hear that song. It might get played. It's darn done. Keep it moving. You know there's some great cats that you came up with that didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? You know, just be grateful that you got that. Keep it moving. That's all. Nah, I feel you. I mean, that's why I was like, this is the entire thing that nobody asked for. Like, this is like the Taco Bell beef or whatever, whatever, yo. Like, nobody asked for this, and you set yourself up for a bad fall. And even though, you know, we've, we've made fun of Meek Mill and all that, I'm like, dude, you're living as a creative. I'm sure you're making at least a decent check. You know what I'm saying? You're probably at least making a hundred grand a year. Maybe more, depending how your endorsement deals are and all that. You had the number one album for at least two weeks. Just just enjoy life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> enjoy life. Don't be hating on like the next man for something that at least presently is, is super cheesy. And that should probably be the best lesson of all of this is like literally this is a great example of don't start no, don't won't be no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if if you ain't start something, none of this would have ever happened. Or would at least happen later. So, strategy, guys. Think think that through. I mean, everybody had to be talking about they got Art of War as an audio book or a regular book or something. How about y'all use that? And, and also, the old, old, old wisdom is, you know, just because somebody has accumulated wealth doesn't make them emotionally mature. No doubt. You know, so, you know, there can be actions of a child or, you know, emotional reactions of a child as opposed to an adult in a situation. Well, what's that, what Dave Chappelle said? Well, what you just said in the sense of um, keeping it real when you don't have to keep it real? Big old example, when keeping it real goes wrong. Keeping it real goes wrong. That's all. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I wonder and, um, what the bedroom was like that night. I just, I just wondered that one time. What, what? So, why did, how did this girl look at him that night? You know what I'm saying? It's like I was like, yo, you know, I'm, oh, no. no, 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 no. It's all good. Cause seriously, I was sitting here. I'm like, son, like this literally probably at least caused one night of tension. It at least had to cause one night of tension because it's like you know, especially like if she was probably asleep and he was typing in his feelings. Hmm. And we're in the net age, so, you know, people probably, like, wake up, look at these stuff, and they're like, this Negro right here. Oh, my God. Seriously? 
I got to keep my professional face on till we get off stage to be like, what the? You do, but anyway, it's all good. Um, lastly, um, really quick um thing, um, Ant Man is awesome, guys. It was a good movie. Yeah. I um, I was really I was surprised it. by it. I thought it was gonna be cheesy. It was I was it was, it's okay. It's, it's definitely a big big screen. Better to see that on the big screen. No doubt, cause um I know the both of us saw it on um 3D and no whatnot. It was it was a cool joint um via 3D. And one that's one of the reasons I'm gonna put on my comic book geek head for a hot second. It's one of the reasons why I like what Marvel Studios does. Cause while I was a comic book reader as a young kid to the present and what have you. I never read Ant-Man. I never read Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I never really messed with Thor. And the most I can say about a Marvel Studios movie is it's been mediocre. Like, I think the Thor movies are mediocre. But I'm like, Ant-Man, I'm like, I don't really care about Ant-Man. I, really did, I literally didn't read an Ant-Man comic until about two weeks before I saw the movie. And that was because of my little Marvel collector core thing get every few months or what have you. They had an Ant-Man comic there. And I'm like, this ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? I go to this movie, I'm like, this is a nice little, you know, comedy slash heist movie. You just got some superpowers in it. And, you know, Paul Rudd did his thing. Um, God, I can't think of the um, Latino brother's name in there at the moment. I'm so mad I'm drawing a blank because he's been in a whole lot of stuff. I mean, the brother played Chase, and he, he went from playing Che Guevara to doing comedy and everything in between. He's yeah, I know Ill, you're talking about. Yeah, he's an ill actor. I just can't think of his name right now. Is that the cat who was in the Dave Chappelle movie, um, um, Half Baked? You know what? He might have been. I can't even think this through. You know what? While I'm on the computer, I'm going to try to pull this up right quick. Let me see what um, IDB has, because I'm so mad my mind is drawing a blank on um, my man's name. And what? Michael Pena. Michael Pena. And um, whatnot. Like, um, he was um really awesome in his role. Even T.I. was tolerable. I don't think T.I. can act out of a paper bag. <laughs> and what have you. Know this, he's just not really that guy for me as an actor. But, I mean, the pacing was good. And like I said, like if you had no history of this character whatsoever, I think you still get into it. It's a big thing. And um, all of that. And, um, you know, it, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? It was definitely a fun flick. I highly recommend folks um, go ahead and see it and relax and enjoy themselves. When did Half-Baked come out? Was that like 99, 2000? Half-Baked? Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Half-Baked. I'm probably looking at the IMDb. I don't remember when that name. I don't see it on this IDMB, so it may be, it may not be. Um, but, um, I know some folks, if they saw the Che movie, he was in that. He was in America Hearts. Oh, I'm sorry, the Che, the Che's or Chavez movie, he was in Che. Um, he's done voices for a whole lot of cartoons, including, um, I know Chosen, that we used to be on FXX, and um, American Dad, a whole bunch of things. And um, he did a really, really stand-up job in the movie, along with um, Paul Rudd. And, of course, uh, Mike Douglas did his thing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see Mike Douglas in there. Mike Douglas definitely did. He's starting to look like his father, Kirk Douglas. Kirk was the man, um, you know, as far as, like, Kirk was from another era of cinema. Kirk was the man, though, but he, he, he looked visually like his pappy on this one. No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. But, um, yeah, I just want to give a big ups to that movie. 
Which is why I keep telling people, man, like, after Guardians of the Galaxy made you care about a talking raccoon in a tree, Marvel is going to do a whole lot to make you to, to go wrong. Okay. You know, Ant-Man was another one of them jokes up there, like, that's probably that, unless you were super into the books people weren't familiar with, but they did it with this. And I'm going to repeat this again, I can't wait to see what they do with the Black Panther movie. I cannot wait, because that's going to be insane. It's, it's, it's going to be insane. I, I want I want to see the black superhero who punked out folks like Tony Stark and Fantastic Four and everything back in the day be in a big action flick. Like, if he smacks Iron Man like he won them like back in the day comics, that's going to be everything. <laughs> On some don't you talk smart to me, smack. Like, oh, but sorry. <laughs> My little geeks, I came out on that. I mean, like, hopefully, hopefully they gave him a real black man vibe, too, you know what I'm saying? That definitely will help, you know what I'm saying? Well, what came to mind was uh, there was a TV show back in the 80s, late 80s called Hawk. And um, Avery Brooks. I remember, was, I remember Hawk. Well, I remember seeing reruns of it. Yeah, it was only 13 episodes. It was, it was a little bit too much, so, you know, so he was former military, but so he was, because he, he used to be on a show called Spencer for Hire, and he was Spencer's, like, right-hand man. And um Spencer would and but and but so he got his own show later at Hawk and he was you know, uh you know, I know he was doing poetry but he would be caught and Eddie was a tough guy, so it was like and he was it was if he's anything like Hawk, you know, I think y'all I think the people who like this show will like him. You know, y'all should check that out. You know, I know uh uh can show thirteen episodes and showed some episodes a couple of years back or whatever. But, you know, it was kind of like the Equalizer, the Denzel joint, you know. That movie was off the hook. It kind of like that, you know. That's basically superhero, you know what I'm saying. But, you know, just a certain vibe about him, you know what I'm saying. Because, you know, Hollywood has a way of, you know, um, not allowing a real black man vibe to get in there, you know what I'm saying. You know, you know James Evans, good times. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's the best black father on TV. I thought that before the Bill Cosby shit cracked, popped off. I thought, just, and so, and you ain't never heard nothing, at least on that funky, about homeboy in real life, but he never got the pub because they was poor. But, gee, anyway, I just, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. We, we get into those modes sometimes, but that's what's up. Um, let's go ahead and get into the music mixes, man. We covered a lot of good territory yeah. this time around, and, um, Right at the time frame that I wanted us to do it, so hooray. So um, let's go ahead and get into it. This is the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio yep, broadcast. Yep, yep. Bringing you that 21st century black radio vibe with our commentary. Like I always say, you don't got to like or love what we say, but if it sparks some thought and conversation and all that, we've done our job as quality, not just black media, but independent media at large. We hope the music makes you nod your head, stomp your feet, and all of that. Support all quality musicians. Uh, as always, shout out to all the folks who support us. Shout out to all the musicians who send us joints that we try to get into each mix every single week. Yes, and yes, um, we're going to keep beyond it moving. Beyond time and space, we appreciate you greatly. Black God of Pleiades, wish you peace and praise all the gentlemen and ladies. Fusion, we about to be out. All right, no doubt. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
listen. Hey yo, I don't want a Dougie, I just want money. Study under the understudy, the 120. Young dummies, can't spar. No life, my flow tight, like your pants on. You don't got a chance, Paul. Ants on community. Malachi York, frequency of eulogy. Rump jewelry. What jewelry? I took this from another rapper, slapped him with the Julie G. Cornball rappers, I see him on BT, relieved of the jewelry, interview beef DVD. BT and T, the flow dynamite. So, so, bozos ain't rhyming right. I hit the line of white, I smoke a double green. Call it purple, what the f you mean? The fist fight, I'm gunning you rappers. I don't give a f about none of y'all rap. The fifth straight, the fifth stay lit. My stay dip with the rigid bait. Say they say it ain't. Shut the f up. I'm nothing to play with. I bust heaters at your whole damn click blow. Sean Price the leader of boot camp. Click down. Admire the admiral animal rap. Smack the out of a hand of his hat. Banging on wax. Don't bang in the street, banging online. Don't bang in the street, playing for keeps. Keep playing. I slam you in your face till your fucking teeth breaking. Big, the jerk been retired. I'm nice, so I'm back. Smack, earth, wind, fire, and ice out that. Rap, I doubt if there's doing it like me. God, it You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Uh. Yeah. Say. These old sneakers, faded blue jeans, no tricks, no gimmicks. I be stopping down, 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 demons. Rolling up trees in the belly of the beast where the people disagree. The upper class eat. Middle don't exist. The bottom of the beat. Glad I got my sticks. Are you jumping on the fat? Laying in the ditch. I be stomping down demons. Stomping down quick. Come on. And please don't come around these parts. You tell me that we all a bunch of animals. The only time they want to turn the cameras on. It's when we fuck it up. Come on. Bullets still ringing. Blood on the cement. Black folks grieving. Headlines reading. Trying to pay you no mind. You just living your life. Everyone is a witness. Everyone got opinions. Got a son of my own. Looking right in his eyes. I ain't living in fear. But I'm holding him tight. Got a son of my own. Looking right in his eyes. I ain't living in fear. But I'm holding him tight. Damn! What the Are they after me? Maybe cause I'm a bastard. Or maybe because of the way my hair grow naturally. Still trying to figure out what the f I'm full of rage. I think I know this is bullshit. Right around the fifth grade. Paraphernalia in my locker right next to the switchblade. Nothing but <laughs> on my mind and some plans are getting paid. Hey. But I'm a product of the system raised on government aid. And I knew just how to react when it was time for that raid. Whoa. Just a young black man from Compton wondering who could save us. And could barely read the sentences the justice system gave us. So many rental cars with bricks, I think they probably funded Avis. Some of us was in balance, but some of us you Our talents. Not all of us criminals, but cops be yelling, stay back. We need a little bit of payback. payback. Don't treat me like an animal, cause all this is flammable. Don't f around, cause when it's done, it's done. And the old you, folks tell you, me it's been going you, on since back in the day. But that'll make it okay. And the white folks tell me all the looting and the shootings insane. But you don't know how I pay. And please don't come around these parts. They tell me that we all a bunch of animals. Turn the cameras on. It's so we f***ed it up. Come on. Please don't come around these parts. They tell me that we're all a bunch of animals. The only time they want to turn the cameras on. It's so we f***ed it up. Come on. Please don't come around these parts. They tell me that we're all a bun
turn the cameras on. It's the way you f***ed it up. Come on. These old sneakers, faded blue jeans, no tricks, no gimmicks. I'll be stopping down, 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 down demons. Rolling up trees in the belly of the beast where the people disagree. The upper class eat. Middle don't exist. The bottom of the beat. Glad I got my sticks. Are you jumping on the fat? Laying in the ditch. I'll be stomping down demons. Stomping down quick. And the old folks tell me it's been going on since back in the day. But that'll make it okay. And the white folks tell me all the looting and the shootings insane. But you don't know how I pay. And please don't come around these parts. And tell me that we all a bunch of animals. The only time they want to turn the cameras on. It's so we Silver circuits, red and blue pills with a two dollar purpose. Love ain't a dollar sign, drug me up on wine. Heart ain't the machine gone, fleshy popey line. Now it's cable ready, cable willing and refined. Ill will spill from my hand like a foreign bill. Pass me my landing card, storyboard and chlorophyll. Not much else left to do today though. Blow through a smokestack, sip a volcano. Eight straight drain, no wink ain't ain't able. I bet he like Grable talking to her like she paid though. She gets full service cause I works with no conscience. Used to be a lover, now a fighter and a monster. Once a Henry Fonda, now an Anaconda. I read it in Rapacha, walk the line before the concert. Storm out the stage like show you how to work. Been real humble, then again, I'm in my work shirt, making me hurt to teach about my birthplace. Forgot it for a moment, straight tears rolling down my face. Hey, yo, you never forget that. Like opposites attract, I polish the lip scratch. In a proper place, drive it up and sell it. Wanna be a millionaire? Then you live the story, tell it. Tired of hearing about that thing, you shoot big, they shot Billy, you should take space, I make gangsters feel shit, that real shit. No apologies, people call me lottery. Eric and Monopoly, that runs on pins and pottery. Spin you up a sipping bowl, ass straight, your kitchen too. Mama raised me right, but that means so make me act a fool. Sometimes cool, sit around and think about it. Death and taxes on my mind, nobody wanna hear about it. Trust must bleed, lust must seed, dust off my. It took a week to think about some shit. Now I'm out to split out the house, down the corner store, get a three pack, twelve pack, then go hit the bar, push through the glass, all bar suits took. Used to know everybody now, just a couple homies. Seen this one hottie, she looked like a Scotty. My brain thinking probably she tastes like it. Honestly, I feel heavy bodily, nerves like pasta. Tired of hunting strings, feel the dread like a roster. About to be the same situation that I left. Self-evaluating, hate had me wanna go and hurt myself. Check one, two. 
listening to Fusebox Radio, DJ Fuse. I got no time to waste. Want someone who wanna give me the time of day? Said I ain't got time to waste. 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 No worries, I wish you well.
10 whole years ago, back in July 2005, when the Black Agenda Report crew was still at Black Commentator, I wrote that, quote, with under 5% of the world's people, the U.S. accounts for 25% of the planet's prisoners. More than half its 2.2 million prisoners come from the one-eighth of its population, which is black. Today, an astounding 3% of all African Americans languish in prisons and jails, and nearly as many more are on probation, parole, bail, house arrest, or court supervision. Right now, the shadow of prison squats at the corners of, and often at the center, of nearly every black family's life in this nation." Unquote. Yesterday, President Obama repeated some of these same figures, and they are pretty much the same. Totally U.S. prisoners are still 2.2 or 2.3 million, and a slight drop in the black incarceration rate makes us now a little less instead of a little more than half, but the overall picture is unchanged in a decade. The President then announced the release of 40-some non-violent federal drug offenders out of a total of maybe 70,000 and stopped in at a federal prison on Thursday. The same day, ex-president Bill Clinton offered a half-hearted apology for his 1990s crime bills, which he admitted set the stage for state and federal governments to nearly double the U.S. prison population. Why? Why did President Obama wait six and a half years into his presidency to say the basic damning numbers and free a token handful of drug war prisoners? And how come Bill Clinton, 15 years out of office, chose this week of all weeks to publicly admit that black mass incarceration was maybe not the best public policy? The short answer is that Hillary Clinton is running for president, and she needs that big black vote. Barack and Bill are working hard to position Hillary as the lesser evil so that a large black vote, an essential component of what Democratic Party consultants call their base vote, can be mobilized for her. We should not forget, however, that despite the posturing of former presidents, black mass incarceration has been the joint and bipartisan policy of both Republicans and Democrats. The federal prison budget rose every year but one in the Clinton years, the Bush years, and so far the Obama years look about the same. The first black president approved new federal supermax solitary prisons in places like Illinois, where citizens' actions finally closed the infamous Tams Penitentiary, and Obama's Justice Department went to court to keep thousands who should have been freed when Congress relaxed the crack-to-powder sentencing disparity from 100 to 1 to 17 to 1 behind the walls to this day. Why? Why is black mass incarceration the bipartisan policy of America's rulers? It's not about a continuation of slavery or to get free prison labor. That's just plain silly. Nine out of ten prisoners do no work at all. And it's not because prisons are especially profitable. Apart from immigration prisons under Obama, privatization has never been big enough to drive the engine of mass incarceration at any time in the last three or four decades. The American prison state came into its fullest flower at the same time as and as the flip side of Bill and Hillary Clinton's so-called welfare reform. 
whether Republicans or Democrats are in office, black mass incarceration serves the vital purpose of morally justifying America's viciously unequal and racist economic and social order. The prison state does this by creating mostly black and brown class of permanently stigmatized and unworthy poor who can be portrayed as not deserving decent housing, real educations, affordable health care, dignity, or jobs at living wages, and whose precarious lives and devastated communities can be blamed on anything except the failure of neoliberal capitalism to provide bread, education, housing, dignity, or justice. The more unjust and the more unequal capitalist America becomes, the more it will need prisons and the stigmatized class defined by them. Their precarious lives are also a standing lesson to millions more with falling wages and rising debts to shut up and suck it up, or this could be you. We at Black Agenda Report have been talking about black mass incarceration for more than 10 years now, longer than Michelle Alexander and well before anybody ever heard of the new Jim Crow. We're glad that Presidents Bill and Barack have rediscovered it, even if it's just in time to get another Democrat elected, which for them is about all that matters. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Bruce Dixon. Find us on the web at www.blackagendareport.com and be sure to sign up for our free weekly email newsletter at www.blackagendareport.com slash subscribe.
Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Thank you. 
To that I'm monogamous. Began with a two by four to build a message back. Delivering this energy, metropolis. A cityscape, not a toe tag. Someone for someone to identify the flags. The ones that pop up when you sock up on the rough days. Having bad ones, temples take off, release tension. Now you're back. Don't need a sack. Don't need a cigarette. You don't need to fill that glass. You're free at last. You'll be attacked. That's back to black, but the knife will crack. It cannot penetrate the tightly woven mask. I'm knowing, man. Can't control the past. The future's out of reach, I keep my ass in class Keep my ass in my seat, I feel the heat underneath Underground, under feet, up and down the street of my conscience My healing masters, a team of three with me at all times With my raw rhymes over fault lines causing quakes Uprising through music, that's my mission Diffusing men, abusing men to bring you down and hold you in your place What space is that? I'm an athletic spasmatic wizard with a staff Bringing magic to the tragic, devastated man Bring it back to life Resurrecting, manifesting, meditating, demonstrating Christ Energetic flashes bouncing through the night Dancing through the streets and searching for the entourage to see the light Right, bring it back to life Resurrecting, manifesting, meditating, demonstrating Christ Energetic flashes bouncing through the night Dancing through the streets and searching for the entourage to see the light Right my goal is this, cleanse my dreams with an open fist, open fist. Share my sh- don't dump my sh- you don't want my sh- no. But we got some sh- in common, might as well discuss. discuss No need to wiretap me, cause I'm open with my comments And I promise that I bust from the gut That's just the way I do my music, trust it I will never change that fact, and plus I will never live inside a box, so don't box me And you will not win, that's not the way to catch a fox A crow, a sly mofo, more fire, more glow Desire grows higher like the blunt lawn Greener grass and still up on horizon line To find a finer life that's not defined materialistically I'm a mystic man, slightly sadistic in my subconscious, but I'm just a man, just a human being, but I'm soon to beam, intravenously through your bloodstream, heart boxing through the form, I'm way against the grain, I'm not the norm, the radio can weigh against your brain with nothing more than beats, you feel it in your feet until you're bored and then retreat to the comfort of the underground speech. We still here underneath the concrete, but we rising quick. But we rising quick We came to change the radio waves Undo the shackles Bring it back to life Resurrecting, manifesting, meditating, demonstrating Christ Energetic flashes bouncing through the night Dancing through the streets and searching for the entourage to see the light Right, bring it back to life Resurrecting, manifesting, meditating, demonstrating Christ Energetic flashes bouncing through the night Dancing through the streets and searching for the entourage to see the light Right, bring it back to life Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back to life Bring it back to life Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back to life Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it back to life
ladies and gentlemen, Fusebox Radio Show.
sự cố gắng ok vì ba rừng nhập trần
Get back, dirty, dirty. You were there. You didn't start out or has 
Before you pick up the phone to dial, there's an intimate connection. Something triggers a smile. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You're next to me. You're next to me. Essential. Essential. Telepathy. In the center of Times Square, I feel like I'm in isolation. Tune out a billion sounds and I can sing a lot of vibration. Your lips. Tongue. My eyes are closed, but I can see them calling me to come. Faith without fear creates resistance for blemishes. Halfway around the hemisphere, the distance diminishes when you could.
the Lord forgive me as I load up the semi, roll through the city that chose to resent me, hold it on loaded, reload it on plenty, any vote or a f- fake that ever voted against me, this me pissed me off and tried to hold it against me or wish me off the worst of luck I ever hated, never hesitated to designate it, all of the throne that they did me, it stored in my memory, all the those that I thought of me, war for my enemies, sipping holy water like it's war for my kidneys, load the smoke up your chimney, make it toast for the memories, make it toast for the henny, it's the best for the remedies, energy, synergies, frenemies, industries, finna get advantage on him and his nemesis, bitches, been the season, if I ain't greatest, bitch, I'm one of them, I in the fuck could you front on them? My old hoe beefing, my ex won't be friends. Bronson told me not to eat him. Rest in peace, Rest in James. R.I.P. ASAP, yeah, beginning. We gonna take it uptown one time. We gonna take it back home, show how we do. They call me Pretty Flaco, ladies and gentlemen. I like to introduce Pretty Flaco seniors. Y'all see. Awareness to the areas, familiar with the routes. Traveling man, moving through places, space and time, and the country called Earth. This is Radio Show. Go get, go get, this is Radio Show. Hey yo, hey yo, Paul, come on, come on, Bubble Goose, smoking Bubble Goose. The Uzis is navy blue, a couple coops, Satan around, stacking suckers, say the truth. Mansions for forty. Done reducing, cracking fish in the Ritz Carlton, take a piss. 69 floors up, sparking crisp money bags, stacked in duvet sheets. Few strange streets, follow the race, walk through the gates. Pyrex, Cubano connection, New York Mexicans, they call us the team for smuggling wet. The Al Pacino's a rap, yeah, they planned it with me. Pass the baguette, gold Louis Fold, hand it to me. Raise the million champs, this is how civilians land. Furless sweat, stay in jets, kill a billion camps. Get strangled fast, still I cool on the fast. Rocking the grill of glass, desert booed on counting a million cash. This is all I ask for. Love is fan war, let's build the masses. Sitting boats, sailing scenic routes, catch the quotes. Young, armed, and dangerous, bar couple posters. I'm like known in a couple coasts. Ray and Ghost, familiar with us, racing ghosts. I'm hearing howdy, 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 howdy. Madam sleeping on Egyptian cotton. Miles Davis vinyl still spinning. I've been a freak, Nick, I've been living. You see the Bentley and we smoking in the parking lot. Contract killer, so we rarely talk a lot. The Seppi's in my weapon when you see me stepping. 10th grade education with a Mac 11. The definition of a renaissance. Twice a day I change, watch the chains and the charms. Tatted on my back, chest and my palms. Then it's me and Diddy Dice games at the palms. Blew a million cash just to let what what watch. Take it down to the lobby, get what you watch. Tinted window smoking with a screw face. Black hoodies on, bully stickers, Wu-Tang. Very white glaring in the white bins. Grinding like I had a curly perm back then. It's Rose in the 40 up. Pink ballet in the duck up. Now. 
How we can seize this and conquer like the British Your snapbacks and fitties Getting soaked up, no love The boys back, we show up Soldier up, you know it up Come and get folded up You bitches attracted to all of this madness She want a felon, she ain't fucking with no graduates Bad hood bitch magnet, I'm a savage They just want fuck, you just want talk marriage Baby cabbage, sitting kissing in the tree Well I be piping them down inside the hoopies Like longer, harder, this mob shit stronger than all of y'all Weak music, we conquer We conquer, we conquer. overpower and crush Come and get washed up We conquer, overpower and crush those oppose our stuff. We conquer, overpower and crush, come and get washed up. Overpower and crush, come and get washed up. I gotta tell him.
funk stuff they be playing. Fusebox gonna be delayed, yeah you know I'm saying? I remember 